Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast. I'm Eric, the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ETOF21 Sports. First off, I want to thank Gina Bacala for having me on the That's What G Said podcast last week. Always enjoy going on there and talking football with him. Great guy, knows his stuff. Great follow for every sport, especially horse racing. You can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Gino Bacala. He gives out plays for horse racing and sports betting free. Great guy, follow him. Also, I will, I'd like to thank Silver Star Sports for coming on my podcast last Friday. He came on and him and I talked about the NFL draft, broke down every NFL team. Follow him at Silver Star Sports. Great guy, knows his stuff too, breaks down stuff in depth. Plus, you kind of got a feel for him because he's a Giants fan, so he gets let down a lot. But, you know, that's here and there. But he's a great guy. You should definitely, definitely check him out. So anyway, on Friday, I woke up, and it hit me. I was supposed to be in Kentucky for the Oats and the Derby. And I had this whole weekend planned. It was going to be awesome. So looking forward to it because I've, I've never been to the Kentucky Derby or the Kentucky Oats. But it was not meant to be. It's With this COVID-19 stuff, it's been rescheduled for the first week in September. Unfortunately, that weekend, I have something already planned, so I'm not going to be able to do it. So the NBA playoffs, because as everyone knows, I have season tickets to Milwaukee Bucks, and I was going to be there for every playoff game pretty much. I can't go to that. Then I was supposed to go to my first opening day of Major League Baseball. Can't go to that. And now the Oats and the Derby and then the new tradition I started up with my mom. I actually take my mom to New York for the U.S. Open. It doesn't look like we're going to be able to do that this year. So a lot of stuff, the Rona's took it away from me this year in terms of the sporting world. But I know it's a tough time. Eventually, we'll get through it. The virtual derby ran this weekend. And I'm not going to lie, I watched it. And for a split second, when I, the real GOAT secretariat was coming down the stretch, I, I got a little excited. I, I, I liked it. I liked this virtual stuff. You know, it's... It's that thing like who's the best horse and they had every horse that won the triple crown and there was 13 of them, but it was fun. And for a couple minutes, you know, it got your mind off of the stuff that's going on in the world. They had Larry Comas giving the call. I mean, it was good. It was really good. I got excited. I liked it. The Arkansas Derby also ran this weekend. And just a reminder, I'm posting all my horse racing plays at etoff 21 sports underscore horse understall racing all my win bets i'm giving out for free if you guys want other bets because i also do some other stuff there i give those out for free if you dm me until june 1st just trying to help you guys make a little money during the rona stuff because i know it is tough out there for some people and i'm just trying to help you guys out that was closing day for oakland and oh my god the oakland meet for me was great i had an roi of 107 percent on win bets an roi of 214% on pick fives and an ROI of 154% for the whole meet. No one's putting up those numbers. And all those were given out for free? I mean, come on. All that stuff's given out for free and those numbers are insane and I'm putting that stuff out. So if you guys want to start making a little extra money, just go ahead and follow that account. And then, like I said, June 1st, that's when I'll start charging you guys for the premium service. But you know, just trying to help you guys out as much as I can. But, you know, let's get back to the Arkansas Derby. Arkansas Derby ran, and it was broken off into two divisions. The first division, Charlatan was the clear favorite, and he looked in every 
every bet the best. What really wasn't pushed, got out to a lead and just great break from the one hole, cruised to victory. And But it was impressive with how easily he ran. And the stakes were set high because the other Baffert horse is Nadal, the horse that I have 25 to 1 to win the Derby that I've really been high on. And he didn't have the best trip, but it was a professional trip. He got behind and then he just put him away. Rosario ran a great race in the horse. And if the Derby was ran that weekend, I really think he would have won. But now with the racing calendar really up in the air, and I don't even know, is the Belmont going to run June 6th? Because I know the New York Racing Association wants it to run that day. Is that going to affect how if you don't do well at the Belmont, you're not doing the Derby because you don't have the shot at the Triple Crown? When will the Preakness be ran? And also, horses mature at a different rate, just like all humans do when they're growing up because these horses are still babies. There's going to be a late blooming three-year-old that comes out of nowhere. So the fact this is ran in September, it's going to be a real different derby. And how is Baffert going to prepare these two? Mainly Nadal because that's the horse I have the future on. It's There's a lot of questions, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how the race plays out, who's in it, how big the field is. I'm, I'm assuming it would still be a big field because having the predigree to sell saying that your horse ran in the Kentucky Derby is still a moneymaker, but how is the field going to be different? That's just some stuff you guys have to remember when you're when you're talking about the Derby this year because it's going to be different than any other one. But, you know, I'm still looking forward to it. I'm still looking forward to hopefully going to Arlington this year because I am in the Chicagoland area. I love going there, supporting the local track, but I just don't know. And there's a lot of questions, and hopefully we can start going to sporting events sooner rather than later because I am missing going to Arlington. Sports are starting to announce that they are coming back, which is great. NASCAR is coming back on May 17th, as announced in Darlington. And they're going to be doing it a little a little funky. I also saw something they want to do seven races in 11 days, which is like absurd to me. But they want to get back on schedule and they want to, they want to have a whole season, which I get. There are going to be no practices, no qualifying, just everyone shows up. Truck races, Xfinity races, and NASCAR races all on the same day. That's going to have a big effect on the track, not having it be ran on that much. And it's going to be a little bit, excuse my language, of a shit show for the first couple of races until the drivers get used to it. And I I need sports back. I'm looking forward to it. Anyone that knows me knows I do fantasy NASCAR, knows I actually bet NASCAR. But... I'm just going to kind of have to see how everything plays out and the team's strategy and whatnot before I really dive into stuff. UFC is coming back this Saturday, May 9th, thank God. And I'm going to be doing a podcast on Friday of this week, and I'm going to be giving away all my free plays. UFC year-to-date, I am plus 1508 units year-to-date betting UFC and hitting at 53%. And all wagers in UFC are usually risking one unit. Don't worry, in the podcast on Friday, I'll be telling you how many units and everything like that. I'll lay everything out because I'm really a firm believer in money management. But like I said, all that is going to be coming out on Friday. So make sure you guys listen to that. You know, I'm just trying to do my best to help you guys out during this COVID-19 because I know it's a tough time. The unemployment rate's high and people are struggling. And I'm just trying to help you guys put a little money in your pockets to help everybody out. 
Another sport that's coming back is MLB. The real interesting thing to me about MLB is I talked to my friend who's actually, he works for a baseball team. I'm not going to say which baseball team or what, what does he do. And the first thing he told me what they're going to do is they're going to have half the teams go to Florida, half the teams go to Arizona, and just play AL, NL type, and just play the teams in the region, and then have the World Series with no interleague interleague play. But the thing is, is in Florida, the only indoor park is the one in Tampa Bay, so they'd have to play a lot of games outdoors. And with the rain in the summer, it would get too far behind. So that that idea was nixed. And then it was like, well, hey, let's have everyone come to Arizona. Well, and that got nixed for a couple of reasons. Number one, all the people in Arizona didn't want all these MLB players and their family coming in and possibly having the COVID-19 and bringing the disease into that region. Also, it gets so hot in Arizona, they'd be having to start games like really early in the day stop mid-afternoon because they would be like 90 and 100. Do you really want players playing outside in that heat? And then start games that would be playing outside later. Thus, since they are starting later, it would totally take away the East Coast market of people watching on television because there's only one indoor stadium there where the Diamondbacks play. So there are a lot of logistical stuff that was happening with that thing. And that's why that idea fell apart. Then it just came out that they're going to be breaking into three divisions, with one division playing in Florida, the other division playing in Texas, and the other division playing in Arizona, or so rumored. So the first division, the East, would have the Baltimore Orioles, the Boston Red Sox, the Miami Marlins, New York Mets, New York Yankees, Philadelphia Phillies, Pittsburgh Pirates, Tampa Bay Rays, Toronto Blue Jays, and the Nationals. Looking at this division, I mean, me and my guys, we obviously locked in the Jays. I believe it was 120 to 1 to win it all, to win the East and make the playoffs, and the win bet over. Obviously, a couple of those are going to be refunded. We'll probably only get the playoff bet and the World Series bet still alive, and we have the Rays to win it all, too. That division is... It's kind of tough. You know, you got the Yankees. But I really feel the Jays or the Rays, you know, could easily make it in because I think the Red Sox are going to have a down the year. The Mets could overachieve. Phillies are the Phillies. You never know what you're going to get with them. Plus, I'm not a Bryce Harper guy, but everyone knows me. I do love Aaron Nola, the pitcher from the Phillies, so he could get hot. And the Central Division is the Atlanta Braves, the Chicago Cubs, the Chicago White Sox. Cincinnati Reds, Cleveland Indians, Detroit Tigers, Kansas City Royals, Milwaukee Brewers, Minnesota Twins, and the St. Louis Cardinals. In my eyes, this division is very tough. Braves are going to be good. White Sox are going to be good. Reds are going to be good. Brewers are going to be good. Twins are going to be good. Cardinals are going to be good. Cubs kind of got screwed. But then again, I was down on the Cubs. I said to bet the under because I really don't think David Ross is going to be that good of a manager. And the thing that Madden did that was really overlooked by the Chicago fans was he put those guys in positions to be successful. That's what people aren't really seeing. Kyle Schrober had had under 100 bats against left-handed batters. Is Ross going to do that? Or is Ross going to say, oh, whatever, it was just rolling out there? I really... 
think Ross was a bad hire. And also having someone that was a friend going into a managerial position and being in charge of guys, that's going to be a real tough, I think. So I'm not high on the Cubs, especially now seeing them in this division. Now let's look at the West. West is going to have the Arizona Diamondbacks, Colorado Rockies, Houston Astros, Los Angeles Angels, Los Angeles Dodgers, Oakland Athletics, San Diego Padres, San Francisco Giants, Seattle Mariners, and Texas Rangers. Obviously, I told all my guys to take the Angels and the Padres in the future betting market because I'm very high on those teams. This division to me... I'm not high on the Astros. I'm not high on the Rockies. Dodgers are the Dodgers. Athletics are the Athletics. There's only really only four teams, Angels, Dodgers, Athletics, and Padres, that I really like in that division. So I, my guys with the futures we have, we're in pretty good positions. We got great numbers with those teams. So hopefully these divisions stay in pack because I really like our positioning. The playoffs would be a 12-team playoff. I like this lineup. I like the playoffs. And I'll be honest, I just want sports back. But my worries are this. How big are the rosters going to be? Because you guys know, in Major League Baseball, if someone gets hurt, what do they do? They bring someone up from the minors. But they announced there'd be no minor league baseball this year. So you have to have people on your roster that can come in and play when someone gets hurt to replace them. So how big are the rosters going to be? What's the DL going to look like? Let's say you go through everyone. Are you just going to call your pitcher that should be in AAA who's been eating Cheetos on his couch for two months and have him come in and expect him to provide it? So I have a lot of questions about that. Also, if a team comes down with COVID-19, then that would have a huge negative effect on every sport. I don't think people are realizing that if college football doesn't go, then all the college sports are dead because college football is the big revenue source for these schools. We've already seen schools drop soccer and tennis. If MLB goes out and no one gets COVID-19, everything goes smoothly, I think it's going to be easier for all the other sports to come back, namely football, because everyone knows me. I'm the football guy. I'm a little worried, though, about NBA and NHL being able to come back because it's getting so late in the season. Episodes 5 and 6 of The Last Dance were last night. Props to ESPN for moving up the release date for them. What did you guys think about it? Did you cry when they showed Kobe? Because I'm not going to lie, I sure did. Think about the footage they showed in reference to Kobe. Kobe had been in the league for a year and a half, and he had the whole Eastern Conference locker room talking about him. Think, Just think about that for a second. He's been in the league for a year and a half, and he has 12 NBA All-Stars telling stories about him. That that was remarkable to me. They talked about the dream team. Jordan did insinuate he really didn't want Isaiah Thomas on the team. Thomas had beef with him, Larry Bird, and Magic Johnson. So that's why it wasn't the team. Was he robbed? Yes. I mean, Thomas beat Bird Johnson and Jordan in a series. Can anyone else say that? No, they can't. He should have been on that team, and Jordan's right. He's the second best point guard ever. But again, he didn't shake Jordan's hand, and Jordan can't let it go. And looking back at it, Thomas should have. Thomas was a sore loser. And I'm a Thomas guy. I'm a Detroit guy to the, to the fullest. And he should have stayed, and he should have shook his hand. Then let's look at my boy Tony Kukoc. Tony Kukoc. 
got a brutal initiation to the boys. Pippen and MJ locked him up. He got manhandled that first game. Manhandled. I mean, embarrassed. And then for him to come back in the finals and play the way he did just showed you how good he truly is and how tough he is. I mean, he was living in a war zone. Do you really think Michael Jordan and Pippen just knocking on him are going to have that big an effect on him? No. He's dealing with stuff that us in America can't even can't even fathom right now. I mean, we have some people breaking down because they have to stay in their houses all day. And this guy was living in a war zone. So we can't understand his mindset and how tough he truly is. But that was, honestly, that was nothing for him. And he handled it like it was nothing. And good for him. It showed you how good and how tough he actually was. And I'm to the point now with Michael Wilbon, I can't stand him. He's on there way too much. He's coming off like the ultimate fanboy. And then for him to be on, what was it, first take? And he's saying that Kevin Durant couldn't play basketball at that era? How can a 6'11", better version of Scottie Pippen, not be able to play basketball at that? I mean, that's insane to me. That just showed you how much of a fanboy he was and how he can't think in a rational manner. And don't get me wrong, you know, I understand ESPN and everyone else is struggling for content, but come on. To say Kevin Durant couldn't play during that era, that's absurd. That, that's just totally absurd to me. But back to the last dance. Then they, then they dove into the gambling stuff with Michael Jordan. Everybody gambles. That's nothing new. Did Jordan have a gambling problem? Probably. Maybe. But you know what? We really don't know. But when you look at all the charitable stuff like Kobe and LeBron have done, where's that been from MJ? Maybe if he didn't lose all that money gambling, maybe he could have that big effect with the less privilege. Or maybe MJ just doesn't want to give back. I don't know, so I really can't speak on that. But I really feel all that stuff was kind of getting overblown. And you look at players now, players now do a bunch of shady stuff. Players have always done shady stuff. And just because he was the best player at the time and probably still is the best ever, that's why I got so overblown. Favorite line, of course, the Rodman, I'm going to Hooters. I want to see some ass and tits. What I wouldn't give to spend one day hanging out with Rodman. Someone I know was telling me that they used to go to Crowbar during the Rodman days. And he would see Rodman there all the time at Crowbar. And one time he actually was dancing with Carbon Electra and he had to be separated by Rodman's bodyguards and thought he was going to get the shit kicked out of him. And I would love to have him come on and tell the story, but unfortunately he won't. Let me backtrack here real quick. When the Knicks were up 2-0, everyone thought this was the end. And then Michael led the Bulls to three straight wins. But when the series was 2-2 and Charles Smith couldn't make that layup, if he just makes one of those layups, it's over. It is over for the Bulls. They aren't coming back from that series. And what ESPN really should do is they should make a 30-for-30 the Riley effect that had on the Knicks and how they couldn't get over like that hump, but how that whole city was excited about basketball when he got there and how the Knicks haven't been able to get back that. But those teams were good and they just couldn't get over the hump. That'd be a pretty good 30 for 30 that ESPN could dive into. Random thought for the day. Everyone knows the situation that's going on in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers did reach out to Brett Favre 
to talk to him about the Packers drafting Jordan Love because he would be able to relate to the situation because the Packers did draft Aaron Rodgers to replace Brett Favre. Now, everyone knows that those two haven't had the best relationship. So I found it interesting that Rodgers did reach out to him. But here's my thing. After Rodgers reached out to Favre, Favre went on the Rich Eisen show and said that Rodgers is upset and that he thinks he's going to finish his, his career with another team. Now, my thought is, did Rodgers tell Favre to go on the Eisen show and say that? Or does Favre still resent Rodgers and did he do it to spite him? Something to think about because that's a real interesting situation that's going on in Green Bay and really speaks to the locker room setting in the NFL and any pro sport. That's it for this Monday show. Thanks for tuning in. Reminder, my fantasy football rankings are up over at ETOF21 Sports. This week, I'll be posting some breakout players I like for each position for fantasy football. Also, I made some future bets. I'll be diving into those and sharing those. And then, reminder that on June 1st, everything goes back to a premium service. If you did have a membership, your money has either been refunded or your membership has been suspended. We'll pick up then. Also, horse racing this week. We lost Oakland Park, but Monday, Tuesday, we have Will Rogers and Fonder. Wednesday, we have Tampa Bay Downs. Thursday, Gulfstream. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'll have Tampa Bay and Gulfstream. Reminder, UFC on Saturday. All my plays will be up on the podcast I'm recording Friday, so make sure you guys check that out. If you're listening to this on the Apple Podcast, subscribe, drop a review, give me a rating, hopefully five stars, it would be appreciated. Thanks for tuning in. Be safe, be well. And please stay away from people. I'll see you guys on Friday.